News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. I am Brett Jensen, and you're listening to this special edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Thursday night as we get ready to send you off into 2024. So on Tuesday, and you can go to WBT.com in case you missed it, but on Tuesday, I did. I started the countdown of the top 10 biggest stories that I broke in 2023, and I did 10 through 5. Today, I'm doing the final four. And I'm not including interviews because I had some really, really big interviews with Trisha Cotham and Tim Moore on the day that he announced he's running for Congress and Pat Harrigan and some of the people running for governor and everything else, some really exclusive interviews. But these are just actual stories that I broke, not exclusive interviews. So we're going to start off right now with number four. And the fourth biggest story that I broke in 2023 was Batgate. Batgate down at Audrey Kell High School. So on Monday, word started coming out that there was an infestation of bats at Audrey Kell High School. Even though there had been an infestation of the bats a month earlier, and they didn't tell any of the parents, anybody, that there had been an infestation. Well, a month later, there was another infestation of something like 20-something bats on Monday. And then they thought they got them all, and then they were on Tuesday. So they closed the school down. Wednesday and Thursday, and opened it back up on Friday, like every single decision that Dr. Crystal Hill, superintendent at that time, interim superintendent, and Brian Schultz, the chief operations officer, as well as Jamie Brooks, the principal there in Audrey Kell, every decision they made could not have been more wrong. Hey, there's bats at the school. Eh, no big deal. Let's just have everyone come back to school on Tuesday. Well, okay, there's still more bats. Let's close the schools down on Wednesday and Thursday. Instead of being safe going through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, let's open it back up on Friday. Here is the kicker. This is the most unbelievable thing to me. And I don't know if this falls on Brian Schultz. I don't know if this falls on Jamie Brooks, the principal at Audrey Kell. And I, I mean, obviously, it all the buck stops with Crystal Hill. But I called CMS at about 11 o'clock, and they're like, I said, what are you guys doing about that bat that was found today? And they went, Wait, what? There was a bat? I'm like, you don't know about the bat at 7.10 in the morning? Really? So I called Animal Care Control, the one that's been dealing with all the bats. We have no report of a dead bat or any bats or anything else. Really? No report of a bat being found, a dead bat being found. Nothing. And then about 30 minutes later, Animal Care Control says, hey, we're on our way to Audrey Kell to go remove a bat. But nobody at CMS knew about the bat. That ultimately has to go on Jamie. Nobody at Animal Care Control knew about the bat. That also goes on Jamie Brooks, which isn't surprising. I mean, if if you know anything about Jamie Brooks or know about her record, this isn't surprising. But anyways, I, I digress. They handled that entire situation horrifically wrong. And then the funny thing is, Jamie Brooks said principal at Audrey Kell, put this long Facebook post out there about yours truly on the Audrey Kell Parents Facebook page. And she was factually, factually wrong in many, many, many instances saying, I had never been to Audrey Kell. Uh, that's a lie. I'd been there many times, including while I was in her presence at a press conference involving a superintendent. So there's that misinformation. And I'd been to football games there. So But that's just, that's Jamie being Jamie. She's the wild card. So yeah, Batgate, April 21st, 
that whole week, that comes in at number four. Coming in at number three, Derek Partee, the Huntersville Town Commissioner that I broke the story while he was running for mayor a, a few weeks. I think it was like first week in October I broke the story that back in the early 80s, I believe 1981, he was accused of watching porn in his office and specifically the movie Deep Throat. There were a lot of other allegations surrounding him in that department, but specifically the fact that he was watching Deep Throat in his office. And according to New York Newsday, one of the biggest newspapers in the country, he admitted to doing so. Now, that's according to that newspaper. But then even way more recently, because, yeah, I get it. That's, you know, 40 years ago. And more recently with this present board up there in Huntersville, you had two commissioners. Stacey Phillips and Amber Kovacs each wrote emails saying they didn't want to sit next to Derek Partee, didn't want to be on you know committees with him, and that they didn't feel safe and that he was being around him due to emotional reasons and how he was just abusive mentally and emotionally and everything else. So I reported all that, and that thing stuck around for a long time because the direct result was a couple of his disciples just going crazy on me, on me. Now, if you talk to a lot of people, that's a common theme with some of these women. But specifically on me, some of these women were just like unbelievable, like messaging me these crazy things on Facebook and then trying to track me down and walk me down in a parking lot, stopping me in my car and then talking all kinds of stuff about me on Facebook. Like, I don't care about Facebook. They got their own current lawsuits that they're having to worry about, about defamation of character that was not kicked out of court lately. So, I mean, I... I, I, I don't care about them. Like, th they've got way other issues, way more issues. But nonetheless, that was the third biggest story. And, you know, it probably would have been higher. There's two things. It would have been higher had he been the only Republican running for mayor in Huntersville. He wasn't. So he was never going to win. A Republican was never going to win because they were going to split the vote. So it didn't matter. Derek Partee was never going to win mayor. Whether my report came out or not, he was never going to win. Maybe he finishes second and not a very, very distant third. I don't know. When we come back, number two and number one for the biggest stories that I broke in 2023. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this special edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, as we only have a short show tonight, but we're also doing the top 10 stories that I broke in 2023. We did the top six on Tuesday. Go to WBT.com to check them out. And tonight we're finishing up the top four. Coming in at number four, I did Batgated Audrey Kell, which was just a wild mess going on there. And then coming in at number three was Derek Partee, the Huntersville Town Commissioner, when I broke all the stuff that happened with him up in New York. And then the emails that current board members wrote about Derek Partee not wanting to be anywhere near him. Coming in at number two happened during on May 2nd, and then again on May 18th. On May 2nd, I broke the story that Dr. Crystal Hill was one of the four finalists for the CMS superintendent job. I knew who all four finalists were. Many people knew who they were. It was one of the worst kept secrets. And by far the most qualified person did not get the job. As a matter of fact, Dr. Crystal Hill, which I reported on May 18th, was named the new superintendent, despite the fact that she had no previous experience. So I broke those two stories. And the reason it was a big deal with Crystal Hill is, like I said, there were three current superintendents at major, or two of them were at major areas. 
One was in a small district, but was highly prominent uh, minority. And none of the three got even remotely close to being hired because there was a there was a fraction of about four people that refused to vote for anyone other than Crystal Hill. Just refused. And at the end of the day, two people led by one who both of one of whom is no longer on the school board just gave in and said, okay, if it'll help us get out of here and you know what, we'll just do it. We'll go ahead and and name Crystal Hill. Well, three people on the school board refused to vote for Crystal Hill, which rarely, if ever, happens. Usually they'll do a unanimous vote just to show a sign of support. Not this time. Three people were so dismayed by the process and turned off that they voted no because they knew there was someone else in the South that was infinitely way more qualified than Dr. Crystal Hill. Nothing against Dr. Crystal Hill. It's just a fact. A fact is a fact. Facts aren't racist. Facts aren't sexist. Facts aren't homophobic. Facts are facts. And this was a fact. And I'm scheduled for my first sit-down interview with Dr. Hill sometime in January. I believe the second week in January, I'm due for a sit-down with her. It's supposed to be last about 30 minutes. That's if they, you know, keep up to their end of the bargain and still allow me to do it. Meanwhile, while they're letting everyone else into the brother talk to her, I'm going to be the one, hopefully, to talk to her on her one-year anniversary to look at everything. And I did not include the story that I broke about her husband and all the janitorial staff that was fired or forced to resign, part of the CMS-12, and which was part of her husband. Her husband was forced to resign. He was a manager in the janitorial custodial department, and he was forced to resign for apparently authorizing overtime that was not overtime. Now, the 12 employees will tell you that's just a lie, but he was basically forced to resign anyway. But I did not include that in my top 10. Coming in at number one, and there were a lot of honorable mentions that I thought about putting in here, like guns at CMS schools and stuff like that that I broke, and other stories that I broke, but I didn't think they really deserved to be in the top 10. But number one happened on August 3rd, and that's when I broke at 8 o'clock in the morning on Bo and Best Show, Good Morning BT, that Dan Bishop was stunning a lot of people by no longer going to run for re-election in Congress, a seat that would be his for as long as he wanted it, and instead is going to run for Attorney General, a seat that no Republican has ever been elected to. A Republican was appointed to it once, but never elected to it. And here's how that happened on Bo's show on August. I am here. All right, you are there to do what Breaking Brett Jensen does. WBT Breaking News. All right, it is just a few minutes past 8 o'clock here, and uh, Jensen has some breaking news out of both North Carolina, United States, even uh, has links to local politics. This is a big story you have here. Yeah, I first heard about it Tuesday, and I've been working since Tuesday, and Got everything finalized, wrapped up last night after talking to many, many, many people and many sources, locally and nationally. And as early as tomorrow, Congressman Dan Bishop will announce that he's running for North Carolina Attorney General. Wow. Wow. So stepping away from his duties as a congressman to run for statewide uh, election. Exactly. And... You know, and the scuttlebutt, that has been the scuttlebutt, and the people have been talking about that actually since, like, early May. People have been talking about, is he going to run for attorney general or is he going to stay in Congress? You know, because we know that he's gained national notoriety 
uh, basically since the swearing in over the you know the de- you know the the Mike or the McCarthy situation in the Speaker of the House. He's been all over national news, um, Fox, you know, Fox News, Newsmax, you know, everywhere. CNN are talking about, you know, the situation going on in D.C. and the Republican Party and McCarthy. So he's made prominent news and he is stepping away. And from what I'm being told, it's just because there's a lot of things that he's fed up with, uh, with D.C. politics. And he thinks he could have a bigger impact here in North Carolina running for attorney general as being a very successful lawyer. You know, he served as a Mecklenburg County commissioner and then he served as, you know, a state legislature and then as a state senator and now congressman. And now he'll be running for attorney general in 2024. And purely by coincidence, Dan Bishop happened to be in the building because he was doing an interview with David Chadwick and Bo was able to grab him and put him on air to see whether or not he would confirm my report that I had made an hour earlier. And here's how that went. Uh, I don't get this opportunity very often. So breaking Brett Jensen broke the story that Dan Bishop is going to run for attorney general. That was about an hour ago. Now I'm going to look over at the Dan Bishop, (laughs) Congressman Dan Bishop, and say, Congressman, can you verify this? Uh, Made a decision. There's going to be an announcement tomorrow, and when Brett uh, got me last night, and uh, but you you know when you're near, this near a decision as a practical matter, you can't uh, you, it, this, these things leak, and people uh, and I think Brett has great contacts everywhere. He is breaking Brett Jensen. He's in, in time after time. Brett sort of <laughs> I'm not sure that this is the biggest story of the of the year, but. But uh, and there has been sort of an interest that has surprised me in what I'm going to do since, since about May when uh, it first leaked that I was considering doing it. But, yeah, I'm and, and I look, I, I can't think of a better place for the news to break than on WBT radio uh, in the in Charlotte that I've you know, place of home of my entire life. And and uh, so I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate what Brett does. Um, and so I, I don't mind hiding it. I mean, we start, you know, one reason for controlling this to a specific date is. Uh, we are going to, I think, going to be able to demonstrate very significant support within the first 10 days. You, once you start first activity on the 10th day, you file a report uh, with the State Board of Elections and you report contributions in particular. And one of the things that, you know, uh, the last time a Republican was elected attorney general in North Carolina was Zeb Walzer in 1896. Wow. Uh, so as the Republican Party has matured and we've had a genuine two-party system in North Carolina this is one of the two council of state offices that Republicans have never won. And one reason is, for example, that Josh Stein, the Democrats, uh, they pursued legal re- legally related offices with great amount of resources. Josh Stein raised over $10 million wow. in his last cycle in 2020. Uh, and his opponent, his Republican opponent, raised about a half million dollars in the general election. That won't do it. Um, and... Uh, not just that, but for several, many other reasons, it just seemed uh, after careful deliberation by Joe, my wife and me, um, over uh, over the course of many months, we've decided this is the right thing for me to do, to come back to North Carolina. I practiced law for almost 30 years, mm-hmm. and um, I was a serious lawyer, still am. Uh, I, I, miss, uh, I miss that as part of my life. And I think it's a, it's a particular time to reinforce support for prosecutors and frontline law enforcement officers. I think there's an opportunity to use the influence of that office to restore law and order to our cities, like uh, 
Asheville in particular, Charlotte and some others. We have uh, lots of problems that are, frankly, everywhere, but is especially uh, problematic in, in urban areas. Uh, and it is an enormously influential post. And somebody, as I told David uh, on, his, on his show, that, that um, I had a friend on the floor of the House last week who, who said, I understand you're going to do this. And I said, yeah. And he said, um, that's, I think that's right. He said, you have an executive personality. All right, so there you have it, everyone. If you missed any of the top 10, you can go to WBT.com and check out the entire list. I did the top six on Tuesday, and then I did the final four today. So this is going to be my last show of the year. I will see you next week, Tuesday, January 2nd. Have a safe New Year's because that's when all the amateurs go out drinking. Have a safe New Year's, and I'll see you then. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.